Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome in, podcast listeners. Clay Travis here. Hope you guys are having a fantastic first week of December. We've got a good Tuesday show for you. Charles Davis joins us in hour one. Petros Papadakis in hour three. We discuss the Monday night football big win for the Seahawks, what it means for the NFC playoff picture, as well as what in the world's going on at USC, the open college football jobs, and what we see for the college football playoff. Much to discuss, including top five, bottom five in the NFL. This is the Tuesday edition of the Outkick Podcast. Thanks for listening, and it begins now. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Last night, big game in the NFL. Massive game even, perhaps, as we come down the final four weeks of the season. This was the final game of NFL Week 13. Essentially, it was a battle to see what might happen in the wild card race, but also what might happen in the NFC West. And if you are waking up this morning and you are a Seahawks fan, things are breaking in your team's way in a major fashion because in the space of 24 hours, essentially, we have seen the uh, the Seattle Seahawks go from the number five overall seed to the number two overall seed. And we have seen the San Francisco 49ers fall from the number one seed all the way down to the five seed. It's a massive change, and it's a function of the broken system, I believe, by which the NFL seeds its teams. Now, 
winning the division is the goal for every single team, but it seems like a cruel and a necessary situation that the 49ers go from the overall home field advantage in the playoffs to losing by three points on the road to now falling all the way to the five seed where they would be forced to go on the road against the Dallas Cowboys right now. Uh, The Cowboys have no business whatsoever as the winner of the NFC East being able to host a a playoff game uh, because they happen to win a really bad division. But that is where we are. Also, the Vikings, with the loss, managed to bring back into the playoff race potentially the Rams who are sitting there at seven and five now down the stretch if you are a Vikings fan you get the Lions at home on Sunday that should be a relatively easy win then you have the always dangerous but perpetually choking uh, LA Chargers the next week Uh, you close with the Bears at your place and also with the Packers at your place so three of your final four games are at home if you win two of those games you probably are in pretty good shape Uh, going forward to make the playoffs and if you win three of them depending on what happens with the Packers you potentially could contend for uh, the division still but let's not uh, underrate what exactly happened here this was seismic for both teams involved as well as for the 49ers so where does this leave us with four weeks to play Uh, in the NFC things are wide open but if you are a Saints fan you have to feel really, really good about where you are coming down the final four weeks of the season. The 49ers are coming to your place. You are right at a three-point favorite in that game. If you can beat the 49ers at home, you are looking really good for an opportunity to be the number one overall seed in the playoffs yet again in the NFC. Uh, Because right after that game, the Colts come to town. The Colts seem to have fallen apart in many respects. That's a Monday night football game. So you would get an extra day to get ready. Then you go on the road against the Titans, who are playing very well. uh, And then you finish with the Panthers. But if you beat the 49ers, and even if you lost another game in those final three you would be the number one overall seed in uh, the NFC, and you couldn't really be caught by anybody, probably, because you have the tiebreak over the Seahawks, who it's unlikely are going to perfectly run the table um, against, uh, against their lineup, although we'll see. Anyway, a lot of drama at the top of the NFC. Again, the Saints now your overall number one seed. Rejoice if you are... a uh, a New Orleans fan. You've got Seattle sliding in at the two spot. The Green Bay Packers at the three. Obviously, all of these teams have substantial home field advantages, and you would have to feel good if you are the Saints, if you are the Seahawks, or if you are the Packers about being able to play a home uh, field playoff game. Then in the four spot, the Cowboys have no business being there, but they would be hosting uh, the San Francisco 49ers at this point. And uh, the, uh, the Vikings slide in at the sixth seed with, I would say, the Rams on the outside looking in but hoping to be able uh, to make a run down the stretch. That's pretty much the entirety of the playoff picture uh, as it stands right now in the NFC with four weeks to go in the season. That's a pretty exciting grouping, all right? What about the AFC? 
The AFC also pretty intriguing. You got the Baltimore Ravens right now at 10 and 2 with the tie break win over the Patriots who are also 10 and 2. Those are your two teams who would be getting buys right now. Then right on the periphery outside, the Houston Texans are your 3 seed. Kansas City Chiefs are your 4 seed. Those two teams both 8 and 4, but the Texans won on the road against the Chiefs, so they have the uh, they have the uh, the tie break there. Then you have Buffalo who is nine and three and has been playing off the off the hook when they've been playing uh, against bad teams, but just got a big win on the road against the Cowboys. Then you have the Steelers as the final team in the playoffs, and right now they have a tie break over the Titans, predicated on their better AFC record. Then the Oakland Raiders, who host the Titans, and the Indianapolis Colts, round out the playoff picture. So. Uh, that is a really intriguing situation coming down the stretch to be following, to be sure. All right. Uh, let me go ahead and bring in the crew. We got a loaded show for you. We're going to talk with Charles Davis here in the next segment. Uh, and then in hour three, our guy Petros Papadakis will come by and we'll try and figure out what in the world he thinks is going on with the USC uh, decision with Clay Helton. Has it officially been, ma- been made, the decision that is, that Clay Helton will return or what in the world is going on uh, with the Trojans? The more days that Clay Helton lasts, the better it is for him. Uh, it is intriguing to be sure to follow along with what is happening. Uh, let me bring in uh, Danny G. Good battles, right? The NFC and the AFC are set up for some really good playoff races. We would have never thought a couple of weeks ago that we'd be talking about the 49ers being the sixth seed. Yeah, That's uh, pretty amazing. I can't wait to hear your top five coming up at the top of next hour. Yeah, you know what? I mean, this to me is a flaw. And I say this to Cowboy fans or Eagle fans are like, you never say that. I said, like, the NFC East, I said, doesn't deserve a playoff spot. And I feel like this is one of those situations where – the NFL in general is broken in that you shouldn't get to host a home playoff game or be seated higher than another team simply because of geographic quirk, right? Just because your division stinks doesn't mean you should be rewarded with a home playoff game. I mean, I think most people listening to us right now think that it's crazy that the 10 and 2 49ers are slotted as the road team against the 6 and 6 Dallas Cowboys. Why should the Cowboys be rewarded with a home playoff game when everybody else out there I think agrees with me and agrees with us? The 49ers are the much better team, so why should the Cowboys get an advantage in that game? Yeah. And I think even fans of the NFC East kind of agree with you because you see the memes that have been going around the past couple of days where the garbage cans are lined yes, up racing. with those teams' logos on them. So even Cowboy fans are well aware that, yeah, this is a flaw in the system. But, you know, one thing that I noticed last night was how much a part of the game special teams is right now. You talked about it yesterday with all the uh, field goals and extra points bouncing off the uprights. It's unbelievable how often the uprights are getting hit. And then... How about that fake punt? Yeah. Seahawks' Travis Homer ran for that first down on the fake punt in the second half when the Vikings had caught fire. I know Carroll felt the momentum uh, here, going the way argument. of the Vikings. Here's my argument. If, if I were a coach, this is something I would legitimately be exploring. Why don't you just leave your base defense on every time there's a punt and put back no one to return the kick 
and just let the ball roll and stop wherever it stops. You think Saban is listening to you right now? I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, Saban certainly could could benefit by this. But when I look at the number, and this is just a curious factor, unless you have a true game-breaking punt returner, it's relatively rare in the NFL today, it seems to me. I'm just talking about the NFL in particular, although this could apply in college. It's relatively rare in the NFL that there are punt return touchdowns. In fact, if there's somebody who can look up the number of punt return touchdowns that we have seen in the NFL this year, I'd love to know that stat through 12 weeks of the season. In other words, I I think that special teams punt coverage and punters in general are so good at getting the ball high in the air and so good at making fair catches be called and everything else that the number of times when we get a legitimate game-changing play from a punt return perspective is incredibly low. Now, I understand the need to put somebody back when you know, you're know you trying to avoid getting pinned at the one-yard line or the two-yard line, and so you want somebody to fair catch it at the 10, for instance. That actually I can see making sense. But in that situation where the, uh, where the Seahawks were punting from their side of the field, why not just let the ball bounce and just have it downed in general? Does anybody have the stat on the number of punt returns? Because if you think about the number of fumbles that you see from kick returners, and if you see the number of times that you run into the kicker or that the uh, the special teams uh, is able to convert going forward on fourth down, it seems like there's almost a value at this point in time in just ensuring that the team you're going up against actually punts dub what's the stat yeah there's been three so far this season three the in falcons the have year. one yeah Kenyon barner uh for the falcons has one harris for the saints and desmond king for the Chargers. Right. those are the only three this so year so there's three this year and, and i don't know whether there's a way to easily figure out how many fumbles there are on punt returns but even with nfl teams when you have the best guy with the best hands trying to return your uh, your punts i guarantee you there has been, I would bet, double digits on the number of times that somebody has fumbled trying to return a punt, uh, you know, giving up the field position and everything else. And then you also factor in the number of times that teams fake it. And I legitimately wonder, or you run into the kicker and give a first down or you jump off sides or whatever else. If you just stayed in your base defense on fourth down and allowed the other team to punt and didn't even send anybody back, what would happen? And by the way, Bill Belichick did this against the Cowboys. Some of you may remember in that scenario. Do you remember when uh, the Belichick like intimidated the Cowboys and Jason Garrett yep. uh, into taking a timeout because he left his base defense on or appeared like he was uh, making the Cowboys uncomfortable by not sending anybody back? He gained 10 yards and forced the Cowboys to take a timeout uh, in that scenario. But I would be exploring that idea if I were a head coach right now I know it's, uh, it's, it's, it's cliche, and I know it's, uh, it's commonplace, and I know it's tradition to put back a punt returner, but three touchdowns, if you compare it versus all the turnovers that you get, in theory, you would never, ever worry about turning the ball over. Now, again, I'm saying there's a difference if you have a punter who is trying to pin you deep and you want to be able to fair catch it around the 10-yard line. I understand that from a purely field position perspective. But in terms of getting taken advantage of with fakes, with running into the kicker, with uh, with getting drawn off sides, all those things, if you just tell your team base defense, we're just set up to try to keep ever there being a fake punt run against us, would it be more valuable 
than the kick returns you're likely to get as a punter, not to mention factoring in blocks in the back and everything else. I don't think you gain that much yardage uh, as an NFL team in uh, in these scenarios. I think it's intriguing to uh, for somebody to explore. Uh, anybody else agree with that, Dub? Is that my crazy for that idea? Well, no, you're not crazy. And another thing, whenever you see a long punt return, what percent of the time does it even get called back? Just a huge because of, uh, I mean, it's got to be well over fifty percent, probably sixty to seventy percent of the time, you see it get called back for a legal block in the back or holding. So I feel like net net, you'd probably, even if you just lined up in your base defense and had a safety back deep, it just automatically fair catch it. I think net net for the whole season, you'd end up with better field position than you would than trying to return punts and gain yardage in that matter. Yeah, I think the idea that you're going to get a touchdown or that you're going to flip the field with field position based on punt returns is an old school one that isn't in any way justified by the modern day data when you actually look at the returns. Uh, Eddie, do you think this is a crazy idea or you like it? No, I'm, I'm fine with it. I, I would definitely, though, try and have somebody back there just to fair catch it and keep the ball from rolling. Um, I wouldn't be in favor of just letting the ball roll wherever, but... Uh, as far as the returns go, it's there's not a lot of uh, success there as we. Yeah, I just I, I I wonder in general about uh, about the value there. But you're right, big win regardless for the uh, for the Seahawks over the Vikings, uh, changing completely the overall NFC playoff picture. We'll continue to break this down. We'll see what Charles Davis thinks uh, of uh, the NFL as we come up on the final four weeks of the season. This is Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their michelin test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Charles Davis here momentarily at CFD 22 stat for you. A lot of people reacting to my why not just put back uh, your your base defense, never worry about getting faked against you. Uh, here's the stats on uh, punt coverage. There have been 1,700 punts roughly this year in the NFL. There have been three punt return touchdowns. That's a .001% chance of returning uh, the punt for a touchdown. There have been 62 touchbacks. That's crazy in the NFL. It's almost never happens that a punter puts the ball in the end zone now. And seven blocks, 93 fair catches, average punt return in the NFL right at seven yards. Uh, So uh, just wondering whether it might make sense to always leave your base defense on and not even worry about trying to set up a punt return. We bring in now Charles Davis. Charles do those numbers surprise you? I know you, we'll get to the games you had in general, but we were talking uh, about the big punt return that the Seahawks, uh, sorry, the big punt fake that the Seahawks had last night, and also certainly the way uh, things went down between Alabama and Auburn down the stretch. It seems like you're more likely to make a mistake by running into the kicker or jumping off sides or fumbling a punt than you are actually make a big play that changes the game in terms of a punt return is this a crazy idea, or do you think just basically going punt safe might be a strategy that makes a lot of sense in today's NFL? Oh, I don't think it's a crazy idea, and I feel like we're actually headed there sooner rather than later with the number of coaches that I've talked to over the last 10 years about punt return, kickoff return, things of that nature. There's one coach that's a Hall of Fame college football coach. I don't want to use his name just because we haven't spoken about it where I could say, hey, I can use your name, but he told me, and I'm going to estimate Clay 10 years ago. What's your strategy on punt return, gaining yardage, all of those things? Because, you know, George Allen brought it into vogue, right, with the special teams. And, yeah. You know, it's one-third of the game, and, and, and now you have a whole special unit. When Gary Barnett was at the University of Colorado, guys would find envelopes. In, I don't know if they were engraved. I don't want to get that crazy. But there were envelopes, their names on them, I believe, in their lockers. And no, they were invitations to play on special teams because it was that important to them. And if you got an invitation, that was supposed to be valued and coveted, and you would go and play hard. You know, obviously Frank Beamer and Beamer ball in college football. My point being, 
we've gone through that, 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 that iteration, evolution, whatever you want to call it, where this is a big, big thing. And more and more recently, I'm hearing from special teams coaches, from, from head coaches, I just want the darn football, please. Yeah. <laughs> okay? So, you know, and, and when I'm going back to that coach, and I said, what do you feel about that? And he said, hey, he said let me tell you something, man. All I ever want, and I tell my return guys, I want the next snap after a punt to be taken by my offense. Yeah. And after that, I don't care about anything else. So I think that your point is, is well taken, Clay. I don't think it's you know, out, of, out of form by any stretch. In fact, I think we're headed towards it more. Here's your only downside. And when I say downside, I'm doing it with Joey Tribbiani air quotes. Yeah. Coaches like to involve players in the game plan, and more players that are involved, the better buy-in you get in practice during the week. So that's why special teams are really important, especially on the collegiate level. How many other guys can you give roles, ownership, have them feel good about themselves, and then you'll get better production overall through your team. That's why they want more of those guys on special teams. The second downside is punt safe. If you're doing it every time, you know what ends up happening with your defensive guys? Whether they want to or not, what do they do, Clay? They take it for granted and they fall asleep on you, and yeah. you get the fake anyway. So I'm with you. I mean, I think I've said it over the last two weeks in, in, in games I've done. I wouldn't run my punt unit out there, guys. I'd have punt safe on right now, and, and just all I want is the football. So I think that you and I are, are kind of mind-melding on that right now. We're talking to Charles Davis at CFD22. You called a really potentially Super Bowl preview between the 49ers and the Ravens. We're going to get to that in a minute, but, man, I am loving Lamar Jackson showing up and continuing to espouse the nobody cares, work harder mantra, uh, which seems to me to be so great in an era when everybody always feels like everything's aligned against them. And I feel like a lot of times we give too much credence to, for lack of a better term, whiners. And the world of sports is the ultimate non-whining universe. And in my mind, you know, ultimately there's a scoreboard, you win or you lose. Everybody understands the rules by which you play, and we don't spend a lot of time arguing about uh, about people who were mistreated or, or or not given enough respect, you know, in terms of, uh, of of overall end results. I love this concept. Uh, do you find it, and, and and the way he speaks about it before and after games, in addition to the fact that yeah. Lamar Jackson is playing out of this world right now with the Ravens. But isn't it kind of refreshing to hear somebody not get up and make excuses and not get up and say, uh, you know, like I, I, you know, like oh, I can't believe that I have any doubters or all those things. Like nobody cares. Work harder. It's just so essentially uh, distilled. I love everything about it. Yeah, and I think that he kind of handled all of that week one, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. You know, he kind of and, and he did it in such a to me, an endearing way, you know, when he came up after the Miami game where he threw five touchdown passes to start the season. I believe that was the first week he had the perfect quarterback rating. Yeah. And after the ball game, somebody asked him a question or whatever, and I think he answered the question first, and I think he finished it with, although that became the soundbite, obviously, not bad for a running back. Yeah. And then moved on from there. And as, you're, as you pointed out, since then we've seen the T-shirts, right, that, that, that he'll wear. We see him talk. He talked with, with my colleague Pam Oliver after the game, and she mentioned MVP. Like, you know, look, you can't ignore the elephant in the room. It's a big deal. And he said, listen, whatever comes my way, comes my way, comes my way. But we're focused on one goal, and that's trying to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Bottom line. And he's been very consistent. And, you know, in this era of branding and messaging and everything else, 
give him an A. He's very consistent in it, and I think it's fantastic, and I think his team is enjoying the heck out of it too. And it certainly appears to be a good group that you have in Baltimore with the old nobody cares who gets the credit as yeah. long as we get the job done. And it's, kind of fun, and it's not kind of fun. It is fun to watch, and we typically find that of the best teams Although I think it's of shorter duration now, Clay, than it was maybe when we were kids, where you could have that kind of run where your team could stay together. I, and I'm going to leave it with this. The Cowboys' run with Emmett and Troy and that crew, to me, is one of the more extraordinary runs that may never get the absolute credit it deserves. Because you know what the attention's like in Dallas on the Cowboys. Yep. You know what it's like across the league. And I think at one point when they were in the middle of those, that Super Bowl run, over 20 Cowboys had some type of a show, radio, TV, the whole deal. It's amazing, yeah. How, how they stayed together, won championships when everyone is doing their own thing, that's one of the untold stories, I think. I think Jeff Perlman did a great job in his book. But how did they keep all that together and continue to win? Because typically that fractures a team. So do you believe that the Ravens are the best team in the NFL right now? Should they be the Super Bowl right, favorite? Yeah. I do right now, yes, because just just by what we've seen over these last eight weeks, and it's a two-fold process, pro- process. Obviously, what we're seeing now, Lamar Jackson and fueling that offense, and I've said it and I will continue to say it, and I'll jump on the table and say it, this is a commitment from the owner, Steve Bashotti, all the way down through the organization to Lamar Jackson and how they're going to run offense. Because most owners will not sign checks on quarterbacks running the football 15 times a game. It's just not going to happen. You get your guy hurt. I was on the plane coming home, and I was flying with some people who were, who were involved in the NFL. And all of them said, this is one of the most exciting things we've watched. And I don't know how long and how much fun is it. And then after a beat, someone said what everyone was thinking, oh, please, God, don't let him get hurt. Yeah. Because that's all we've ever seen. The second part of it is, remember when they were getting shredded on defense during the early part of the season? They were 2-2, two and two, and they had back-to-back games where they gave over 500 total yards. Yep. That's not happening anymore. <laughs> so the defense is back in Ravens form. And so that's why I think right now, and having beaten San Francisco, having beat down New England, having beat down the Rams, they have played the best football. They deserve to be acknowledged as the best team although we know that we can't really crown anyone until February when the Super Bowl happens. But in our power rankings and everything else, to me, they're the best team in the league right now. Does it make sense to, for the NFL to maintain this system where division winners automatically get home playoff games? And the reason why I'm asking is, yeah. in the wake of the Dallas Seahawks win... Or Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. In the wake of the Seahawks win last night in Monday Night Football, right now the 49ers have fallen from the number one overall seed to the five. Even though they're 10-2, and two, they'd go on the road against either Dallas or Philadelphia. Right now it would be Dallas, who's 6-6. Six and six. Does that really make sense? In a lot of ways, it does not. And it's been interesting, hasn't it? Because if I followed this story correctly in the NBA, hasn't Adam Silver, their commissioner, and his crew come up with various, what seemingly some, some seemingly radical ideas about what they want to do for the next collective bargaining agreement with the NBA? Less games, maybe an end season tournament. But the one that got my attention most was reseeding yeah. the playoffs which in a lot of ways does make sense, right? If you have the big upsets and all of a sudden the 16, you get the idea. I think that that's something the league has been exploring for a while, and it could very well come to a head if we have something like that again happen this year. If you end up with, let's say San Francisco ends up winning 13 games this year. Yeah. But somehow ends up the five seed. 
you know, and now they've got to go on the road, right, and go play Dallas slash Philadelphia, who may be 8-8. Eight and eight. That, may, that may bring it to a head again, but we've had it a number of times over the years. Remember when Carolina won their division 7-8-1 and one and hosted a playoff game? Yeah, and look, the Seahawks hosted a whole Seahawks playoff seven game and at 7-9. Nine. Nine. And, but, but, but the wild part about the Seahawks, well, I can't remember what happened with Carolina and theirs. I, I, I think they reason, lost it, because I think, I think Cam was out, and they were like Cam on their out, second or lost. third string. Didn't, yeah. didn't Arizona or someone come in I and think get that's them? Right. I forgot who it was. Yeah. But the Seahawks one gave us the beast mode run, the first beast yeah, that's right. run. And that was New Orleans, the defending Super Bowl champions, who came limping in in a sense. They were beat up. You remember that, Clay? Yeah. But they were one. You know, they they had won ten or eleven games. Came in, got beat by a seven and nine team, and the league kind of went, "Oh, yeah." I don't know if that's good or bad, right? <laughs> because good that the division champ held up. Bad that a seven and nine team got a home game, and maybe that wasn't fair. But I don't know that that's going to change. But it seems like it's definitely something to be discussed. Uh, the Tennessee Titans. You call the preseason games for the yep. Titans, so you know this team. Ryan Tannehill has come out of nowhere, right? I mean, he is 5-1 and one in the last six. They get a huge win on the road against the Colts. Is this team, in your mind, coming down the final four weeks of the playoffs, going to, one, contend in the AFC South, because they still have two games left against the Texans, yeah. to potentially make the playoffs? If you were sitting at the table and you had to show your cards, do you think they make it? Whew. I think that I'm going to say one can ten definitely. Yep. Two making it is going to be very interesting by the two games with Houston, of course, and I think Houston's back at a high level again. But here's why I'm bullish on their chances, Clay. Identity, identity, identity. This team is back to their identity, and I've still never. I'm still struggling, and maybe I just missed it. How did they get away from it? Yeah. Okay, you knew what you were building. You know what kind of team you have. I do think that Derrick Henry being hurt in preseason hurt them in their identity. The second part was they were trying so hard to get Marcus Mariota right that maybe they got away from it a little bit that way too. Once they made the move to Tannehill, they said, forget all that. <laughs> We've got to get Henry going in the run game. Arthur Smith, the first-year play caller, Finally, you know, got locked in on that. The offensive line was intact after Lawan's suspension, and they went ahead and got back to it, and you see the results and the dividends because the defense came in top 10 to start the season, and they're playing at an even higher level now. They are back to being that team, and they're that type of team that's going to scare the heck out of you if you have any chinks in the armor in the run game, right? If you have anything at all that's going to be a problem, that's, that's, that, here, here comes Tennessee, and you got an issue on your hands. So, yes, I, I am bullish on their chances and their opportunity because confidence is so high right now. And by the way, Tannehill, he may be 5-1. and one. His numbers aren't blowing you away. But that's because the identity is there with the run game, and he's making better throws, better decisions, not turning the ball over, and that's helping that team as well. So I, I am bullish on their opportunity because I do think their confidence could not be higher now. And a confident team, Clay, as you know, is a dangerous team. We're talking to Charles Davis at CFD22. Are you buying into the argument that we've had over the last 15 or 16 years, it feels like, is, oh, the Patriot dynasty is over finally. There's always a couple of games every year where they yeah. come out and they don't play well. They're sitting at 10-2. and two. Tom Brady and the offense, clearly the weak link of the Patriots right now. 
is it fixable or is this a more alarming uh, loss uh, to, to some degree with what happened to the Ravens and now what's happened on the road against the Texans coming down the stretch run of the season? Yeah, I'm not stupid enough to say that they are that, that, that we're, you know I'm a buy into this is the end of the whole thing because we've seen it too many times before. But I would have more concern than I've ever had if I were New England because I don't know where you go to get guys that make it better at this point. Talk about receivers. See, right now his most dependable guy obviously is Edelman. But you and I both know that in third downs, key situations now, you're going to park two on him, right, and say, okay, you have to beat us. And then we're going to go ahead and, and deal with everyone else. And right now, who scares you? Does Mohamed Sanu scare you? Does Jacoby Myers scare you? Does the rookie Nikhil Harry scare you? Not at the moment. Can they get back to running it the way they did down the stretch with Sony Michelle last year with Isaiah Wynn back at left tackle? Perhaps. But I saw Brady on Sunday night, and we've seen him have his moments. What great quarterback doesn't? That seemed to be extended moments Sunday night, Clay. Yeah. I mean, every time he's come to the bench, he's like, dude. And that one time they've zeroed in on him and the lip readers got involved and the word separation came up. Yeah. But you didn't see people separate the rest of the game because they're not great separators at this time. That's not who these guys are. Can they all of a sudden become that? Anything can happen, but I don't think so. So that's why I'd have more concern. And for the first time, they actually have someone breathing down their neck in their own division, and that's Buffalo. And who would have thought that? Well, they get Buffalo at home in two weeks, right? So this is going to be an interesting race to the finish. I'd still put all my eggs in the New England basket. I'm not that stupid. But let's be honest about it. We're actually seeing some vulnerability, and that hurts that defense because they can only hold up for so long without the offense giving them more help. Looks like the Vols may be coming down to Tampa or to uh, Jacksonville in your neck of the woods. Fine by me. There you go. Fine by me. And, Clay, (laughs) you know, this is the craziest part. You know what I thought of when when I went back and looked over it? Okay, obviously the Georgia State-BYU thing killed us in the beginning. The way they finished, though, right, we beat people. We we talked about it all year. Finally beat people we're supposed to be beating, right? We beat Missouri. We beat South Carolina. We beat Vanderbilt. We beat Kentucky. Order restored for at least a season. Amen. Now, I gotta let you. I gotta let you go. But order restored, indeed. The Vols coming down to Florida. It looks like maybe going to Music City Bowl. We'll see. This is Outkick on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick. The coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know O O O O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield? wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their michelin test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we are on a roll here as we come through the Tuesday edition of the show. Uh, big news that we haven't even talked about yet uh, coming out of Jacksonville where Nick Foles was given $22 million a year and has now been benched. Minshew Mania back in full force. It's possible that that big contract that the Jags gave to Nick Foles will not be realized in any way. We'll see how Gardner Minshew does for the final four games of the year. But Nick Foles came back from his injury, was not good against the Jags, uh, sorry, against the Colts where the Jags got blown out, not good against the Titans where the Jags got blown out, and not good in the first half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where the Jags got blown out. And now it's in a, kind of an intriguing position for Jacksonville to be in in a division where everybody else is at 500 or better, the Jags sitting at 4-8, and eight, is Gardner Minshew really going to be the future of this franchise? It appears the answer may well be yes. Sixth-round pick has now been handed the reins of the team. Will be intriguing to see how they do down the stretch run of the season. But Nick Foles may be yet another big money spend for the Jags on a quarterback that doesn't pan out. You'll remember that after the playoff run with Blake Bortles, the Jags gave him big money and it didn't pan out and they cut him and let him go. And they decided, you know what, the guy who's going to make sense for us going forward is Nick Foles. And then they also drafted a guy in the sixth round in Gardner Minshew. And it seems like at least in the short term that maybe the guy in Jacksonville may end up being Gardner Minshew. We'll see what happens with him, but that's a pretty substantial move that the Jags are making. Doug Marone's job may be in jeopardy. Tom Coughlin, overall, things not working out with Jacksonville. 
And so they break the glass and say, you know what, maybe the future of this franchise is not Nick Foles, who now is uh, is looking like a flash-in-the-pan guy. Could come in as the backup uh, with the Eagles and look phenomenal. And, uh, and when he's actually given the reins to his own team, he isn't the guy. So we'll see. He's made a lot of money. Obviously, he's coming off of a clavicle injury. I'm sure there will be a battle in the offseason. But in the meantime, he has been benched. And the question is, is it going to make sense going forward for uh, for Nick Foles to be uh, to be the guy or not? It doesn't necessarily appear so. Now, from a salary cap perspective, uh, if Foles is is released before June first, he would be owed thirty eight thirty three point eight million. If he's released after June first, he would be uh, owed twenty one million. And uh, maybe they could trade him. Maybe there's interest in some way in 2020 in moving him to another team if the Jags really are convinced that Gardner Minshew is their guy for the future. But that is a story worth following given how much money the Jags have now spent already on Nick Foles. That looks like money that will not be recouped in any way. All right, when we come back to start off hour two, I'll dive into the top five, bottom five. We got a new number one team in uh, our NFL power rankings in the week of NFL week 13 being done. We'll also talk about many of these open jobs in college football. They continue to sprout. Where do we think people are going? What are the moving parts? There's a lot to follow there as well. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Big game last night. Not just because two good teams were playing in the Minnesota Vikings and the Seattle Seahawks, but because of the overall shakeup that occurred in the NFC playoff picture. As a result of the Seahawks' win, they held on. It was an exciting game, 37-30 over the Vikings. Then our number one, two, and five teams changed in the playoff uh, as a result. And so uh, the San Francisco 49ers, who entered the day as the number one overall team in the NFC, fell all the way to the five seed. The New Orleans Saints moved up to number one overall, and then they hold the tiebreak over the Seahawks, who are now your number two seed. So if the season ended today in the NFC, the two teams that got the buys would be the Saints and the Seahawks. They are number one and number two. And the San Francisco 49ers fell all the way to five, meaning that they would go on the road against the NFC East team, which is the Dallas Cowboys, even though the 49ers are four games better at 10-2 and two than the 6-6 six and six Dallas Cowboys. That is the way that your playoffs would be set up right now as a result of the final game of Week 13, the Seahawks win over the 49ers. Well, every Tuesday in hour two during the NFL season, as we now come down the stretch run with four games remaining for every single team, we give you the top five and the bottom five in the NFL in the OutKick Power Rankings, and it's now time for those Power Rankings. They begin now. And there is the melodious tones in the background. I will start with the list of happiness, the list of joy, the list of excitement. That is the top five teams in the NFL right now. And we have a new number one. We have a new number one. He doesn't care. He just works harder. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. I have to say it this week. I don't understand how you could have any other team number one in the power rankings than the Ravens right now. 
Uh, the Ravens have won, I believe it's eight games in a row. They were 2-2. Two and two. Now they are 10-2. and two. They would be the number one overall seed in the AFC. In recent history, they have beaten the Patriots. They have beaten the Texans. They have beaten the 49ers and the Seahawks. Those are all of the top teams in the NFL. It is an unquestionable number one with a bullet for the Baltimore Ravens. In the second spot, I've got the Seahawks. Uh, I know they're the two seed right now in uh, the NFC, and I know they lost earlier to the Saints, but I haven't really been that impressed with how the Saints have been playing in general. They've been fortunate to win a couple of games. They lost to the Falcons, who were nowhere near good enough uh, to, to have beaten the Saints, uh, especially in the, in the Superdome. So I have got uh, the Seahawks as my number two team. Uh, then I've got the 49ers as the three. They could have easily beaten the Ravens, in which case they would be 11-1 and one and still be the number one overall team on my list. In the four spot, I have got the Saints. And in the five spot, I have got the Patriots. Let me go ahead and bring in the crew and see what they think of my top five for week 13, now complete, again in order, Ravens, Seahawks, 49ers, Saints, and Patriots. And if you're wondering why I've got the Seahawks above the 49ers, for instance, well, it's the head-to-head. If you're wondering why I've got them above the Saints, it's the fact that they've played better down the stretch. I still have the Patriots in there, even though they just lost to the Texans because the Texans are 8-4 and four, and the Patriots at 10-2 and two have been the superior team overall throughout the season, even though the Texans got the win head-to-head as recently as Sunday night. What say you, Danny G, about my top five? Wow, what a difference a week makes. Clay is coming around. Last week you were taking bonuses away from us because we dared to have the Ravens number one. I had one. the Ravens. What did I have the Ravens last three, week? Last I week think. I had them number three. Yeah. And the 49ers and the Patriots both lost. The Ravens beat my number one team, which were the 49ers. I adjust every week based on what I see on the field, and right now the Ravens are the best team. You know, I think one through four, we might all agree. I have the same exact one through four. Five is where there's going to be a little bit of arguing and some debate, I think. Five, I was trying to decide between the Patriots and the Chiefs. Head-to-head right now. Which they do this weekend. Yes. I think the Chiefs, because they're getting healthy and their defense is coming together, I think they're going to sneak past the Patriots in this matchup coming up. You think up. they're going to beat they're going to win in Foxborough this I weekend. I do. I do. So I'm going to put the Chiefs 5, Patriots 6 and then I have the Texans, Bills and Packers right on you the know, outside. It, it it could happen. It's interesting to think about if you're a Patriots fan. If you lost to the Chiefs, then there's a possibility that if the Bills pulled off the upset over the Ravens, that as a Patriot fan, you could end up falling all the way to the wild card and be the six seed or the five seed, depending on how things shake out and which teams end up in the playoff picture here, uh, this is potentially an ominous time for the Patriots. Now, typically, in these situations, they respond and they win and they reinforce their dominance. Uh, but this game against the Chiefs is going to be a really intriguing one to watch. Uh, but uh, but I can see uh, I can see that argument. So even though the the Chiefs are eight and four, you got them above the Patriots, and you're dropping the Patriots out of your top five. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, what say you, Dub? I'm with Danny G. I dropped the Patriots as well. I got Ravens. One, 49ers two, Saints three, Chiefs four, and the Seahawks coming in at five. Why in the world do you hate the Seahawks? I just, 
they're nine and one in one possession games. I mean, they, a lot they of those, played a lot of close games. There's no doubt. I mean, there's a lot of coin flip games that are fifty fifty. And I'm sorry, I I'll put them in my top five, but. I mean, I almost think the Vikings are still better. They lost Dalvin Cook last night. No Adam Thielen. They lost their left tackle as well. And it still came down to the wire in Seattle. But I'll put them at five for now. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams beat them this weekend. Uh, Eddie Garcia, what do you think? Second week in a row, you and I are exactly the same. Showing is, I how knew. Smart I mean, again, the the, the 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 great minds, the brilliance. Oh, yeah. uh, we were just we were just shut melding here. I agree completely. Or you're both a week behind. uh, You are 100% in agreement with your top five. What about Roberto? Roberto, you are out. Are you back healthy? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Were you sick? Yes, I was. Was your kid sick? Yes. Did you get it from the kid? Of course. (laughs) You know, it is tough. I mean, I feel like at this point, my... uh, And she likes to sleep in the bed, so... Yeah, she sleeps in the the bed with you guys. Yeah. So, So, uh, yeah, and this is your first kid, right? Yeah. First one you know about, anyway. Yeah. Um, So... Exactly. uh, Yeah, so (laughs) this is is intriguing, because I've got the 11, the 9, and the 5-year-old, and I feel like at this point in time, and I'm probably jinxing myself, I have been through, like, every little sniffle and bug and everything else that you can be through. And my immune system right now is about as strong as it can possibly be. Sort of like elementary school teachers. You know, they don't get sick as often after they've been in elementary school for a while because every little illness they could come through, their immune system is ready for. I'm not the kind of guy to brag or draw attention to myself, but I have not missed, and again, I'm going to jinx myself here probably, in four years of radio, early morning, I have never missed a day for being sick. Do we even have... Uh, and, and I'm thinking about this, by the way, because Todd Furman got the flu and he missed the television show yesterday. I haven't missed the television <laughs> show for being sick either. Do, what is the plan if suddenly I, I am throwing up in the middle of the night? Do we have a plan in the event that I'm sick? Yeah, I'm supposed to wake Jason Martin up. And he just is, make him drive in no matter what? Yeah, he has to drive to well, the Well, Jason Nashville Martin studio. is always sick. Every every time <laughs> I'm on Twitter, he's like, I've got a little bit of a sniffle. My voice isn't right. Like, So there's almost a 100% chance that if you wake him up, he's going to be sick. Maybe. But, but if, that's, the, that's the strategy the now. The backup huh? to the backup is I would play Animal Thunderdomes all morning. Yeah. But I mean, in all honesty, what would you? What is the plan? Like, if so, if I'm if I suddenly in the middle of the night wake up and I'm throwing up, you're supposed to call Jason Martin. And well, he's supposed to come yeah, in? Jason Martin is our obviously our fill in for you. Yeah, uh, when you're out, so he would be number one. Or the Danny G, uh, Dub and Roberto show. Yeah, would you guys host the entire show? Oh, that would be fun. That'd be cool. Well, thanks for leaving me out, Roberto. And Eddie, sure. yeah. Eddie oh, G- Roberto. Sorry, Eddie. So, because for this is four years, and I don't even know that we've ever had to execute the fire <laughs> drill. Like Dan Patrick was out. Was it last week? Suddenly he was out, or yeah. two weeks ago, or whatever it was. And you guys just—that's right. Best yeah, he of. had a, a dental emergency with a tooth. Um, and so you guys <laughs> just played best of, right? But we wouldn't do that with you. We would stay live on the air. All right, uh, I'm intrigued. Uh, all right, so Roberto, how does your top five look? Got the Ravens number one, Saints number two. I like the Saints. I picked them beginning of the year to win the whole thing. Seahawks, 49ers, and I still got the Patriots there. So you have the same five, just in a little bit of a different order. Yeah, exactly. All right, so uh, pretty much agreement, except Dub hates the Seahawks. And, you got uh, the Cowboys there, for, Dub? Yeah. <laughs> Cowboys are in at eight. Yeah. <laughs> for the longest time, got Dub. got gravy at number eight. Oh, yeah. Dub didn't even uh, have the Seahawks in his top five for how many weeks? This is the first week. I mean, look. You didn't even have them in away. last week? 
They had their missed field goal away from Greg Zerline from a loss there. San Francisco, everything went exactly, had to go right for them to win that game. Another missed field goal there. I mean, to me, this should be a four or five loss team. Uh, it's true, but they've won, and at some point, if you win a lot of close games, you do have to acknowledge that the quarterback play may be pretty good and maybe a reason why things have broken in their way in some respects. We'll see. Four games to go, Ravens, Seahawks, 49ers, Saints, and Patriots is my top five. All right, it's time for the list of sadness, and honestly, the list of sadness is not as sad as it has been in past years, and it's a little bit difficult because these bottom-tier teams are starting to beat each other, and so it's hard to figure out exactly where people should be uh, you know, sort of slotted in, but here's my best guess, all right? As the 28th team in the NFL, the five worst teams, I've got the Lions now at 28. They were actually playing pretty decent early in the year, but they and I know they played okay against the Bears, uh, but their offense has fallen apart. Matthew Stafford is out. They are completely done, it seems to me, this year, playing out the thread. Matt Patricia looks like the latest New England Patriot guy to be hired as a head coach and be an immediate bust when he goes out on his own. Uh, but the Lions, I've got at 28. In the 29 spot, I have got the Redskins. Now, I know the Redskins won a game, and my God, how in the world can you avoid, can you allow your team to lose to the Redskins if you are the Panthers? But I have got the Redskins now at the 29th spot in my OutKick Power Rankings. At 28, I am slotting in the Jets, who managed to lose to the Bengals, uh, but the Jets are coming off of a win over the Raiders, so they're kind of difficult to assess right now. They had been playing better. At 31, the Giants are an unmitigated disaster, and in the 32nd spot, even though they won, I still have the Cincinnati Bengals sitting at 1-11. and 11. What say you, Danny G? My list is not much different. Jets, Lions, Redskins, Giants, Bengals. So you have the same five. Yeah, just in a little bit different order. Uh, what about you, Dub? A little history today. No Dolphins in the bottom five. I think this might be across the board. Yeah, I think that's, the first, I think that's a good point. I think this is the first time that the Dolphins haven't been one of the five worst teams in uh, in the NFL in my rankings. I'm flipping back through. See uh, what a punter throwing to a kicker in the end zone will do for you? Well, thanks to the Eagles. You get to play against yeah. the NFC East and uh, people forget how awful you might be otherwise. But yeah, good for them, honestly, because all year everyone's been talking about how they're going to be tanking going 0-16 for Tua, and here they are. I mean, one of the hottest teams against the spread, at least, the second half of the season. They have been cashing tickets for everybody that's brave enough to bet them, but good for them. But as far as the bottom five, which in my opinion is much harder to put together than the top five, it's pretty much the same as yours. I got the Redskins at 28 and the Lions at 29, and then 30 through 32 is the same. Yeah. All right. Uh, what about you, uh, Eddie Garcia? Uh, I threw Arizona in there as uh, the 28th team. Yeah, they haven't been playing very... I'm curious to see what they do against uh, the Steelers because they were awful against the Rams, the the Cardinals were. Uh, but I feel like that's potentially a game they could win just because it's likely to be low scoring and, uh, and we'll see whether Devlin Hodges travels very well on the road against Arizona. I feel like that's one worth putting a pin in and paying attention to, which would feel like an upset, but wouldn't necessarily be that big of a surprise if you actually look behind the numbers a little bit. Uh, what about you, Roberto? Any particular changes here? No, I put the Lions, uh, the Lions and the Cardinals both together at 28 since they tied against each other. So, nice. Uh, all right. Uh, when we come back, 
We will dive into the college football playoff picture. I'll also raise an interesting question before we get to that, and and I'm curious on what you guys think. You saw, in fact, let's go ahead and do this instead. We'll talk about college football at the top of hour three, maybe at the bottom of hour two. You saw how the Patriots and Tom Brady were so frustrated against the Texans. You saw Brady losing his mind on the sideline about the fact that he didn't have any game breakers, that he couldn't get his team couldn't get any separation, his wide receivers. Is it crazy to break the glass if you are the New England Patriots and go sign Antonio Brown as a Hail Mary for the final four weeks of the season in the hope that by the time you get to the postseason, he could be rounding into form, even with all of the outstanding issues he has legally, even with the NFL investigation ongoing, would you sign Antonio Brown if you are Bill Belichick, if you are Robert Kraft, if you are Tom Brady, and all three of you sit around and debate this issue? To me, the answer is yes. We'll debate it when we come back. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. 
Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires, shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. If you watch the Patriots play against the Texans on Sunday night, there was a moment where they cut to the sideline and all the lip readers could tell Tom Brady was losing his mind. He basically has no faith whatsoever in any of his wide receivers, it appears, other than Julian Edelman. And it makes sense that he'd be confident with Julian Edelman. Mohamed Sanu is a decent player but doesn't seem to have the game-breaking ability, which makes some sense, right? If you think about it from the Falcons' perspective, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley are both, I would say, more explosive talents than Mohamed Sanu, who is more of a, uh, to use a, a term that we often apply to quarterbacks, a game manager, a possession receiver, a guy who can hopefully get open and make some some catches, but not a guy who's going to take the top off the defense. And so... If I am the Patriots right now and I am assessing this team's overall talent, defensively, I still feel good about them, even though they have regressed somewhat in the past several weeks defensively as the quality of their competition has stepped up. The biggest issue for the Patriots, I think, going forward is they don't really have playmakers at receiver. They miss Rob Gronkowski. There's nobody that really scares you on this Patriots offense. And the challenge is... If you can score 21 or 24 against the Patriots, you put a lot of pressure on them in terms of forcing them uh, to be able to, to score 28 or so points to beat you. And most of the time, I believe the teams that end up winning championships are teams that can play in a variety of different styles. In other words, they can win a defensive struggle or... If the defense isn't playing that well, their offense can step it up and be able to score 30 points. And right now, it doesn't feel like the Patriots can score 30 points with their offense. So, at this point in the season, it is very difficult to improve your overall team. Except, sitting out there on the sidelines right now is Antonio Brown. I know all of the shenanigans associated with Antonio Brown – I know all of the legal issues that are out there that are outstanding. I know all of the ridiculous behavior that is associated with Antonio Brown as well. But what is one of the number one rules I preach on this show? So long as your talent exceeds your problems, you will always be employed. I think right now the talent that Antonio Brown brings to bear on a football field exceeds his problems. If you could get Antonio Brown in a room with Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and Robert Kraft, the brain trust of the Patriots, the owner, the coach, and the quarterback, and you could get Antonio Brown to swear that he would not post anything on social media for the remainder of the season. If you could insist upon him not doing anything on his phone, not responding to anybody, not sending any DMs, not in any way being active on social media. Delete these apps off your phone, Antonio. Just focus on playing wide receiver. Would you sign him 
for the stretch run of this season, given how desperate the Patriots look on the offensive side of the ball? My answer is yes. And I think this is a calculated risk that doesn't really hurt the Patriots if they take it. Now, I know that Robert Kraft might be angry over the things that Antonio Brown has tweeted and Instagrammed. That's why Antonio Brown apologized. I know that there are the outstanding issues and there's the possibility that he could face discipline from the NFL going forward. Who knows what exactly has happened with the NFL investigations. But I'm looking at this purely from the perspective of would Antonio Brown make the Patriots a more difficult team to defend and potentially be a playmaker that could be a difference maker for the Patriots in the postseason? I think the answer is yes. I would sign him to play for the rest of this season as a break-the-glass, desperate move that the Patriots need to to make in order to contend for a Super Bowl. Would you make that decision as well, Danny G? I'm not so sure. Last segment I said, what a difference a week makes. What a difference 15 weeks makes. You go back to preseason – you are the one saying, kick this guy out of the league. He's uh, certifiably yeah. nuts. Let me, let me say this. <laughs> I, I think that it, you have to consider all the circumstances. With the Raiders, the Raiders, my argument was the Raiders are not close, and I think you would agree at this point, but the Raiders are not close to being a Super Bowl contending team. No, I but think, I could make the argument that Derek Carr's biggest problem going on right now is his wide receivers also have no separation. I understand, but to me there's a difference between If you believe that your team is close enough to being able to contend for a championship, you are willing to take risks that maybe you wouldn't if you say like, okay, what's the best case scenario? Our team makes the playoffs, right? But we don't have the horses to be able to make a run. I'm not willing to mortgage the future for a team that isn't good enough to win a championship. But I think everybody out there would acknowledge that the Patriots do have at the high ceiling the ability to win a championship. And I just look around. I mean, certainly I would say the same thing about Rob Gronkowski. Look, I would have loved if he would have come out of retirement and come back to play for the Patriots because he's a difference maker down the stretch. Now, that's not viable now. So you look around and say, okay, what moves can we make to make our team better? And more importantly, what moves can we make to make our team better and also potentially allow us to contend and or win a championship? This to me is pretty much the only one that you could make. I understand your argument. What I don't think is possible is for Antonio Brown to stay on the path you're talking about. Yeah, look, and here's the, the thing. How's he going to stay off? Path. He's not going to stay off of social yeah, well, media. Yeah, well, that's the, that's, the, that's the condition. He's not going to be like the rest of us. He's not going to be like you and I. He is his own okay. person. I and, understand and that. So no matter what they have, tell him. He doesn't have bargaining power right now. So if he wants uh, he to. He does, and in his mind he does. No, well, then he's an idiot. Well, I think we've established that. Yeah, well, I mean, I think he makes bad choices. But to me, if you sit down with him and say, look, the conditions for your employment with us down the stretch run of this season are you can't get on Instagram, you can't get on Twitter, you can't post at all. If we see you doing that, we will cut you. Uh, We don't want any videos from inside the locker room. You're obligated to talk to the media for a couple of minutes every day. You say nothing. This is about rehabilitating your career, proving that you still have the talent to play at a high level in the NFL, and more importantly, that you can be a good teammate. We are going to try and make a Super Bowl run here. 
We believe you can be an important contributor for that, but here are the conditions under which we will allow you to play. And if he can't fulfill those, I'll let him go. And by the way, if the NFL comes out and says, hey, he's suspended, okay, fine, go ahead and cut him. Like there's no obligation to keep him under contract going forward. I think this is potentially a good move. So your answer is no, you wouldn't touch him. Well, you make a good point. If you're the Patriots, it might be worth it. But I just think in general, he needs an offseason of proving to everybody that he can behave and stay out of the messes he's been in continually for a team to really give him a chance. If he came back next season with a clean slate, I could maybe understand that. But with everything in the black cloud still hovering over his head right now, I just don't think it makes a lot of sense when you are a Belichick-type coach who doesn't like distractions. I think the only team it could make sense for right now is the Patriots because of that reason. Because they You have remember a Bill Belichick court. standing there at the podium, though, just looked like he wanted to rip the Adam's apples out of some of the reporters asking him yeah, nonstop questions I, I about think, Antonio Brown? I think a lot of that is, is an act from Belichick designed to just avoid giving the media anything to talk about. Like, you talk to guys... Um, I think Jim Nance even said it was interesting. If it was an act, though, why didn't Robert Kraft listen to his team leaders like Brady who fought for Antonio Brown to stay on the team? Well, I think because of the, the issues that Robert Kraft is facing in his own legal jeopardy, but also because uh, of, of the fact that Antonio Brown didn't behave. I mean, I think if he hadn't reached out to that woman and tried to threaten her and told his guys to start you know, researching her history and everything else and sent the text messages to her, I think he might still be employed by the Patriots. I think that was their, uh, that was their you know, rock-bottom moment with him. We can't continue uh, because the, the, the fire and the attention and the, the heat just got too pronounced there. And I think it's been dialed back to a large extent. And the other thing is, you got to just deal with it. One of the things that I would give advice to executives in general is if you believe in a choice, do it and deal with the fact that people are going to be mad at you for 24 hours on Twitter and then it all goes away, right? I mean, this is, this is where you need somebody with some testicular fortitude. If you want to make a decision, then you can't be concerned about what social media is going to stay about it. First of all, social media isn't real, right? I mean, it feels real. But it isn't an accurate reflection of the real world. It's a large collection of people who are a tiny minority of the overall population who are perpetually angry about things. And so if you allow the way that social media responds to influence or dictate your decision making, then you are often leading yourself astray. And I would say this about the NFL. I would say this about the NBA. I would say this about people in positions of power in general you're way too reactive to what people say on social media. Doing nothing is often the best possible response. You've got this whole cottage industry of people that you employ who are needing to justify their employment by saying, oh, every time somebody gets mad about something, you better respond to this. When the reality is people are always mad about things, and if you just wait 24 hours, almost every story disappears. If you just wait. So the Patriots would get crushed for 24 hours for signing Antonio Brown, and then everybody would forget about it, and the question would be, how's he going to play? Dub, do you agree with this, or do you think it's crazy? I think it'd be crazy if they don't want to sign him, because yeah. the way this team is set up, the defense is unbelievable, as everybody knows. 
and their offense is putrid. I mean, they have, they're bottom three, I guess you could say top three in the league in punts, number of punts uh, total throughout the season. Your goal which is, is not, not to good. lead the league in punts. Exactly. And what they don't have, what they lack, is a, a threat downfield. And Antonio Brown would automatically bring you that. Him coupled with Edelman, I think, would automatically become one of the top three or four duos at wide receiver Plus in the Muhammad league. Plus Mohamed Sanu, who would then fit in even better, I think, because it would open up the middle of the field with him to have a guy like Antonio Brown who could take the top off a of defense. Exactly, and that opens James White coming out of the backfield. I mean, it would totally change their offense. And usually, other than quarterback, I don't think a player affects a team that much in terms of how good they would be. But if Adam Schefter or Jay Glazer tweeted out in the next 15 minutes that the Patriots signed Antonio Brown, I think we would all have to redo our top five uh, teams. And I think the Patriots would be one or two in all of our lists. Yeah, and look, it might take him several weeks to hit stride. But what he would be doing if you signed him right now is by the time you got to the postseason and the Patriots, barring a complete and total collapse, are going to be in the postseason – by the time you got to the postseason, you would be set and ready to roll with him going forward, and he could be a tremendous difference maker. So I think it's a risk, certainly. But is the reward for the risk more substantial than the risk? Worst case scenario, you cut him again, and he isn't a good teammate, and he doesn't fulfill the the terms of his agreement with you to come back and play football. Best case scenario, you're hoisting another Super Bowl trophy, and a big reason why would be Antonio Brown. Uh, what about which by the way I would think at a minimum for somebody of his age pursuing a championship would be something that is also attractive because he hasn't experienced it in his career Uh, what about you uh, Eddie Garcia you are a Steeler fan you were well versed in the uh, absurdities at times of the Antonio Brown era is this a move you think is worth making well we're first of all we're assuming the NFL is going to allow him to play and if I don't, he's not I don't, well if the NFL is not allowing it then it's a non-starter and that's not the Patriots fault but yes there hasn't been any official suspension there isn't hasn't been any announcement by the NFL that he is unavailable to play and so one of the things the Patriots would certainly have to do is connect with the league office before they signed him and verify that he's an eligible player for the final four weeks of the season. Well, nothing would show how desperate the Patriots are than to go back to Antonio Brown. But I do believe they are that desperate. I, yeah. think, I think they have to have him. So I would go into it assuming the worst. I don't think he's going to uh, just play football and not you know be an idiot on social media. But you sign him and then you, you just cut him when it happens, which yeah. I think would happen. Yeah, I mean, you don't give him. You tell him, look, this is the this is the way this is going to work. You don't have any strikes, right? We're not going to come to you and say, hey, why did you do this? We're going to treat you completely like an adult. One of the conditions of your employment is we can't have you going out of control on social media again. Therefore, we're telling you, stop it. Quit it cold turkey. We want you just to be a wide receiver. You'll have to talk to the media for three minutes every week. That's all we need from you, and we need you to just pay, make plays on the field. Otherwise, if you do that, by the way, the amount of attention you're going to get and everything else will be off the charts as soon as the season's over. If you want to go back to your social media universe and business is booming and all the gifts and everything else you want to share and get all caught up in your feelings and, and take shots at people and everything else, that's fine. But in the meantime, we will pay you a decent sum of money to try and advance us in the playoffs and improve our postseason seating potential. We need you to be the guy who can take the top off the defense. Uh, if that's the case, I don't know why that's not a risk worth taking. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. We got a lot of fun so far in the show. In the next hour here coming up in a few minutes, we're going to be joined by Petros Papadakis. We'll talk about this USC coaching opening. But this Washington decision by Chris Peterson is a pretty big one that came out of nowhere. First of all, right now, you can barely even check the news because there's so many people trying to spread legitimately fake news about coaching searches and there's so much enthusiasm and paranoia and excitement and also just pure anarchy surrounding every college football coaching season that it's hard to even keep tabs on everything by and large. 
But I do think this is a wild story, and I think it speaks to the degree to which college coaching in particular is total, totally overwhelming, by which I mean with the recruiting pot process and everything else, it's almost impossible to have a life and be a college football coach. So Chris Peterson, who has had tremendous success at the University of Washington, announced Monday, and this is an official press release from the university, and I had to do one of those double and triple takes where I'm like, is this the official Washington account or am I being pranked? Chris Peterson announced Monday he'll step down from his position at the University of Washington as head football coach and that they are going to promote uh, Jimmy Lake internally as the new head coach. Uh, Jimmy Lake was the defensive coordinator for the Washington Huskies. So this is interesting on several different levels. Uh, Let's start with what it could mean for USC. Is it possible that Chris Peterson could sit out for a year, USC could bring back Clay Helton, and then Chris Peterson could be hired away to become the head coach of USC. Yes, I think that's possible. If you were paying attention on Sunday, and we didn't pay a lot of attention to this on Monday because there were so many actual games to discuss, there were reports that USC was firing Clay Helton, and then USC was like, no, that's a totally made-up report. But they didn't say, hey, we're keeping him. It's as if there doesn't seem to have been a decision made so far. And you might be wondering, okay, why is USC sitting in this uncomfortable middle ground. You've had a lot of schools make decisive decisions. Missouri fires Barry Odom. Arkansas fires Chad Morris. Florida State fires Willie Taggart. Ole Miss fires Matt Luke in the wake of the peeing celebration incident, which is just uh, off the charts if you didn't see the way that the Egg Bowl ended. All of these are big jobs that are paid three or four million dollars a year or more And all of them made the decision pretty quickly to fire their head coaches. Now, Boston College also has fired their head coach. There are a lot of jobs open right now. I think there are 10 jobs open right now. And all of those schools were able to make decisions fairly rapidly and willing to do so, right? Like they were willing to go ahead and get the jobs out there. UNLV is open. USF is open. University of Texas, San Antonio, New Mexico, Old Dominion, All of those jobs are out there and they are open, right? USC hasn't done anything. So what is USC doing? I think the answer is pretty simple. They're trying to figure out whether Urban Meyer or James Franklin would come to USC. If either of those guys would be willing to make the move, then they will fire Clay Helton. If not, they bring back Clay Helton for another year And maybe they check and see now whether Chris Peterson is the white coaching whale that would come down to USC. They are trying to behind the scenes survey all of their options, USC is, and they don't want to fire Clay Helton until they're assured of being able to get a much better candidate to replace him. I think that's a smart decision, but in the meantime, it leaves Clay Helton hanging in the breeze. I mean, think about how wild that is. Sunday, a report comes out, even though it doesn't appear to be accurate, The report comes out that Clay Helton has been fired. USC later comes back and says that's not an accurate report, but they still haven't said, and we are not firing Clay Helton. He's going to be our head coach next year. Every day that goes by that Clay Helton survives, every hour that goes by that Clay Helton survives makes it more likely that he will be back. But what's clearly going on behind the scenes is USC is trying to survey everyone and figure out who is actually interested in this job 
that is the linchpin right now that's helping to hold the college football coaching carousel in place because these are a lot of big jobs out there. Florida State, Arkansas, Missouri, and Ole Miss are all big jobs. Not fabulous, unbelievable jobs, but big ones. I'm fascinated to see what's going to happen with SC going forward. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. We start off uh, the final hour of the Tuesday show with Monday Night Football last night, which was... A huge win for the Seahawks and really upset the overall trajectory of the NFC playoff picture. When this game began, the San Francisco 49ers were the number one overall seed in the NFC. Every single playoff game would have run through San Francisco. By the time this game was over, the 49ers had fallen all the way to the five seed in the NFC playoffs as a result of the ridiculous quirk of NFL scheduling and postseason, which is if you win your division, you host a home playoff game, even if that division, I'm looking at you, NFC East, is absolute and complete crap. So as a result of the Seahawks' big win over the Vikings, the Seahawks are now your number two overall seed in the NFC. The Saints are number one. The Saints didn't even play, and they moved up all the way to the number one seed. The 49ers on the road against the Saints massive game coming up this weekend but your Saints are your number one seed your number two seed now uh, are uh, the Seattle Seahawks who moved from the five to the two your three seed is the Green Bay Packers your four seed are the woeful six and six Dallas Cowboys the San Francisco 49ers fall all the way to the five seed in the NFC even though they're 10 and two they would be on the road if the season ended today against the six and six Dallas Cowboys and the six seed which now is within hailing distance of uh, the St. Louis slash L.A. Rams, at some point I will stop doing that, uh, is the uh, Minnesota Vikings. So the Vikings, with injuries to Dalvin Cook, with injuries to their left tackle, with Adam Thielen still not playing, had a chance to win this game last night, got the ball back with about uh, three minutes to go. Kirk Cousins fires wide uh, on a fourth down play, and as a result, the uh, the Seahawks find a way to win and move up to the number two overall seed. So that is the final game of the NFL for Week 13 action. As we move into the final four weeks of the season, we now have our top five and our bottom five in the NFL as you sort of work your way through the final month of the season, of the regular season anyway. I've got in the top five the Ravens now as the number one team in the NFL. The Ravens, I believe, should be the Super Bowl favorites. They have beaten the Seahawks. They have beaten the 49ers. They have beaten the Patriots. They have beaten the Texans all within the last five or six weeks. And so as a result, I've got the Ravens number one. I love the more and more I pay attention to it, I love that Lamar Jackson's overall uh, sort of vibe and overall motto is nobody cares, work harder. Oh, I just absolutely love that he is rocking that shirt. Nobody cares, work harder. It's everything that is the opposite of the social media millennial generation. Nobody cares, work harder. That is an incredible mindset to attack your day with it's just perfect instead of curling up in the fetal position and whining control yourself nobody cares about your feelings work harder 
That is phenomenal. I love everything about that from Lamar Jackson. The Ravens, number one overall. Number two overall, the Seahawks uh, sliding in at the two spot. In the three spot, the 49ers. In the four spot, the Saints. And in the five spot, I have got the New England Patriots. All right, again, the top five, the Ravens, the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Saints, and the Patriots. That's the outkick top five. That's the list of goodness. That's the list of happiness. On the list of sadness, well, we have an unfortunate collection of teams here. Uh, We have got the Lions as the 28th best team in the NFL right now. Uh, I've got the Redskins, 29, the Jets, 28, the Giants, uh, sorry, 30th, the Giants 31 and the Bengals 32. Again, the five worst teams in descending order, the Lions, the Redskins, the Jets, the Giants, and the Bengals. Uh, Other stories that we are following today. So that's the outkick top five, bottom five in the NFL right now. Other stories that we are following. Uh, I said I would talk about the college football playoff picture. I will hear momentarily, Uh, but we are also following the question of, are the Patriots going to make a move for Antonio Brown? That's a storyline that is at least potentially out there in the wake of Tom Brady going off on his offensive weaponry during the Sunday night football game. I have suggested that the answer should be yes. I think it makes sense to go get Antonio Brown. We have Chris Peterson stepping down as the head coach of Washington, being replaced by his defensive coordinator. That was a blockbuster that came down yesterday afternoon. Could mean that Chris Peterson is out there for a year or more, uh, and he will certainly become the great white whale coaching candidate going forward uh, in the event he decides to come back. But I'm not surprised that college football coaches can get burned out uh, based on the all-encompassing nature of their job. You're constantly competing, constantly recruiting. There's no real downtime. You're always chasing 16- and 17- and 18-year-old high school players, always worried about whether or not your college kids are staying uh, out of trouble. It is a massive undertaking, and so it doesn't surprise me that guys every now and then need to step back and be able to recalibrate um, in terms of trying to get that fire back inside the belly just because it's a draining job in general to try to be on top of all the time. So uh, that is a big news story that is worth following. We have open jobs at, I would say, four pretty decent-sized places. Florida State is open. I would think maybe Mike Norvell is their guy. It should from Memphis. We'll be interested to see what exactly ends up happening there and who Florida State's going to replace Willie Taggart with. You got three SEC jobs, uh, Ole Miss, Missouri, and Arkansas all open, and at least one Power 5 job remaining at Boston College, although I don't think that is a particularly desirable job uh, given how bad the ACC is. Maybe somebody with Northeast connections that could make a a lot of sense for. Rutgers is evidently going to announce Greg Schiano. I look forward to all of the national media being furious about the mob that got Greg Schiano a job. I think the only school in America that would hire Greg Schiano is Rutgers, so uh, he ended up at the only place he could get a head job. I think that is going to be announced a little bit later today. Um, And uh, he's going to get $25 million, I think, guaranteed a lot of people, and I think this is a big topic in general that we could probably get into when football season is over, but I think Rutgers is the most disastrous decision for college football expansion, college basketball expansion, college expansion in general that was made. Rutgers being in the Big Ten makes zero sense. In a brand perspective, 
it was a decision that was made based on the crumbling cable and television satellite industry. There's no way Rutgers would have ever been added to the Big Ten but for the crumbling cable and satellite bundle. I think what's going to matter in the years ahead is the overall brand value of a program, not what state it actually happens to reside in. I think that's a big issue going forward in terms of a fundamental error of miscalculation that was made to put Rutgers in the Big Ten to begin with. And they're never going to win. They're in the Big Ten East. They're never going to be better than Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, or Ohio State. And that's just four of the programs. The question is, are they ever going to be better than Maryland, uh, for God's sakes, or Indiana? Uh, all right, as you, uh, as you consider that, um, also, what in the world is USC going to do? Uh, that is unclear. But what is clear is, as we get closer to the college football playoff, it's not as complicated as people are going to make it out to be. And we're going to talk about this tomorrow because we will get the college football playoff rankings tonight, which will give us a good sense of the final season, final regular season rankings. But I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen here, all right? LSU and Ohio State are going to be in the playoff. Clemson is a 29-point favorite, so whether or not they uh, they win by 29, it would be a huge upset for them to lose to Virginia, all right? So I think we basically have three spots in the college football playoff taken. LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson. Who's going to be the four team? All right, the fourth team, we had a poll question about this yesterday, but if Georgia wins, they're in the playoff. If Georgia loses, then either the winner of Oklahoma, Baylor, or Utah, if they assume that all those teams win and get to 12-1, and either the Big 12 champ or the Pac-12 champ will get in. We had a big poll question about this yesterday. Tons of you voted. Let me give you the latest update as that poll finishes off. Uh, I am intrigued to see what exactly it's going to look like. Um, but it's going to be a tough decision, I think, going forward for the college football playoff committee to decide exactly how to uh, how to break these down. Uh, but we ended up with 35,000 votes uh, from you guys. You can always go vote in our polls. At Clay Travis is my Twitter handle. 55% of you said you would take the Big 12 champ either 12 and 1 Oklahoma or 12 and 1 Baylor while 45% of you said you would take 12 and 1 Utah. So that could end up being a difficult decision going forward. The bigger issue uh, with the college football playoff rankings may well end up being who's the number 1 overall seed. In past years this hasn't mattered because no one has actually been able to win the college football playoff as the number one overall seed. The number one seed has lost all five years. You've been better off as the four seed than you are as the, as the one. But I do think this could matter in a big way this year because if you are the one seed, you get to play probably against Utah, against uh, Baylor, or against uh, potentially the uh, Oklahoma Sooners. If you are the one seed and you are LSU, that's a lot easier than having to play against Clemson, which the two seed will likely have to do because I think Clemson is pretty much slotted in at the number three overall position. So as you look forward, one of the intriguing subplots to follow is not just who's going to get in, but who's going to get the number one seed. And I think if you look at the resumes going forward, and we'll discuss this more tomorrow, I think if LSU wins out, 
they will be the one seed and they will pass Ohio State because LSU has the potential to beat a top four team in its conference title game in Georgia, whereas Ohio State is playing against a team that it's already beaten. And if you look at the overall resumes, if LSU beats Georgia, then 13-0 LSU, I believe, would have to be the number one overall seed. And that means they would likely then be playing against Utah, Oklahoma, or Baylor in Atlanta, which would mean that Ohio State and Clemson would get shipped out to Arizona to play in the other college football playoff game. But keep tabs on that. Who's number one? And Ohio State probably will still be number one this week because they got the win over Michigan and just because Texas A&M was was not really a major opponent for LSU in terms of changing their resume. But the final conference title game, I think there's a really good chance that LSU wins that game. And if they do... I believe LSU will be your number one overall team. And then, like I said, they'll be playing either Utah, Oklahoma, or Baylor in Atlanta, which is a lot easier of a matchup than going up against Clemson, which I believe will be the Ohio State game, and that'll be taking place out in Arizona. But we'll have a little bit better sense of that once we get the final top 25 college football regular season playoff rankings, which will be tonight and we will see how that goes. In the meantime, we're about to be joined by Petros Papadegas. I will ask him all about these this USC situation. Also, who would he take, 12-1 Utah or 12-1 Oklahoma or Baylor, the Pac-12 champ or the Big 12 champ? Uh, we will discuss all that and more. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. 
and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installation near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their kumo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be that's Taylor Swift for Christmas for Petros Papadakis, my present to him. All right, P, uh, you can listen to Petros Papadakis, AM 570 LA Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at the old P. What in the world's going on at SC? Do you have any idea? No. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good, uh, that's a good pregnant pause, but so Sunday, the news comes out, according to somebody on some site, that he's going to be fired, everybody immediately. Wait, no, no, no. Not just somebody on some site. A Sports Illustrated writer. Is he a Sports Illustrated writer? Yes. A guy named Adam Maya, who writes for Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated writer. That's a respected... Publication, yes. Yes. Uh, Adam Maya shot his shot and say, Clay Helton is expected to be fired. Then... All the people that live in the Manhattan Beach area in Southern yes. California who are connected to USC and in the media, which is also the same area, more or less, where Clay Helton lives and the USC Director of Sports Information, yes. started to say, well, he hasn't been fired. Uh, well, they didn't say that he was going to be kept. That's right. No one has gone on record and said anything. It's just a bunch of source stuff saying, well, he hasn't been fired. But that doesn't say he's not going to be. Have you ever seen a story? Like, I can't remember. It's one thing if the story comes out and people say, hey, this guy's going to be fired. And then the school comes back and says, no, you guys are idiots, uh, you know, effectively. This guy's going to be our coach. It started a media food fight, Clay, within Sports Illustrated. Because Pat Forty, who also works for Sports Illustrated, he combated it and yeah. said it wasn't true and attacked their own writer. And, and I don't even think he called that writer. He just probably called his USC quote-unquote source. Uh, Bruce Feldman, our guy, uh, probably called the same source. Yeah. And then you, you have Pete Thamel, who used to work for Sports Illustrated, who probably called the same person. I don't think their source knows anything. Yeah. I don't think the president of the university, Carol Fult, or the new athletic director, Mike Bone, has told anybody anything. Now, that being said, maybe they're trying to lock up a hire, and maybe they have a home run ready, and they're waiting. But in the meantime, Clay Helton's driving around Los Angeles taking photo ops with recruits to make it look like he's doing stuff, and everybody's sitting here spinning their wheels there's a December 18th signing day. You know, this isn't like 1997 yes. yeah. 
when uh, Mike Garrett chased John Robinson around for like two and a half weeks and finally fired him on his answering machine. That was when I was on the team. So uh, it's very odd, but I think only the university president and the athletic director actually know what they're going to do. But this, speaking of pregnant pauses, Clay, this long, weird wait is not doing anybody any favors about quelling the rumors of USC ending their dysfunction. They they don't seem to have ended their dysfunction just because they hired a new AD. And I think you hit on it. What has to be happening here probably is a lot of back-channel conversations, maybe with Urban Meyer, maybe with James Franklin. I don't know who else you think might be a top-of-the-line candidate. Matt Rule, Matt Campbell. Yeah, are you – okay, Matt Rule and Matt Campbell. Are you willing to come take this job? And if so, what would the dollar figures look like? And if they can get a private behind-the-scenes deal worked out – then Clay Helton is on the chopping block. If not, then they're going to trot out and say, oh, we intended to keep Clay Helton all along. Does does that seem like a rough approximation of what's going on right now? Yeah, except for that last part. Uh, This whole, we're going to keep him. Like, if they were going to keep Clay Helton, they needed to say that on Sunday. Yeah. If they were going to keep Clay Helton, they needed to say it. It It is wild when the story comes out, hey, they're firing Clay Helton, and... USC is upset, not that the report is that they're firing Clay Helton, but all they can do is say, oh, the report's inaccurate, and basically we haven't made a decision yet. So the report could end up being accurate before all is said and done. Yeah, it doesn't seem like USC is able to control their own information. Yes. uh, Despite having a new athletic director. And I wish it wasn't par for the course, but... You know, dysfunction in USC have been like peanut butter and jelly, especially for the last, you know, 12 years. So this is this is nothing new, but I thought that they'd be able to handle it in a lot more precise manner. And, you know, he could still, to quote Scott Wolf, the great USC beat writer, he could still hit a home run, but right now uh, it looks like he's up there and the, and the count is against him. All right, so uh, let's step away from SC for a moment. How surprised were you about the Chris Peterson news at Washington? Surprised. Yeah. Uh, r- really surprised. Uh, some people that know Chris a little better are not. Uh, I've gotten to know Chris Peterson a little bit and uh, really have a lot of respect for him. He's, he's nothing like the person that comes across in, in the major college football media. Yeah. At least not not in my experience and I've sat down and and eaten with him a couple times. I mean, I'm not friends with him or anything, but Yeah. I really like Chris Peterson and I think he just wanted out. You know, there's all these people that are texting me like, "Of course now he's coming to USC." And it's like, you know, as if all these people are just puzzle pieces that you move around the country. Uh and maybe some of them are, but Chris Peterson's not and I think he's just going to take a university job and live with his family and and maybe he'll be back after he recharges. Do we battery. underrate do we underrate that in general as all how all encompassing being a head football coach is in college even if you're a really successful one like Chris Peterson it's just so incredibly draining that a lot well, of guys just need a break. Yeah, what happens is the NFL guys uh are different, right? Yeah. Because it's a it's a job like you're there from 9 to 5. And Obviously, it's a very encompassing job, and people work their ass off. But 
you're not responsible for the players in the same kind let of me give, Let me give you an example of that, by the way. This is a good one. So I was down out of town at, at, uh, at Rosemary Beach in Florida, for uh, which is a Gulf Coast area, for Thanksgiving. Sean Payton uh, is the, obviously the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. He coached on Thanksgiving, beats the Falcons, and then went to the beach and stayed there Friday, Saturday, Sunday before going back to get ready for uh, the start of the uh, you know the next week, right? To get ready for what's a huge game against the 49ers. But he could dial out during the football season even. And he's probably a little bit different because he's been there a lot longer. I imagine most coaches wouldn't do this. But he could go away with his family for a few days after winning that week and kind of dial out. And your point on the NFL versus college is a good one because, yes, the season itself is a grind and it's overwhelming. But once you get outside of that, it's not like you got to recruit guys to come you know, be a part of your program. It's not like you're constantly texting 16- and 17-year-olds. It's not like that grind of double different signing days and everything else. The competition is a different style competition. It's much more regulated. You can go away on a vacation and not yeah. feel like you're giving up your life. Yeah, that's a big part of it. The other part of it, uh, which always struck me when I got to know uh, some more head coaches, is you're not only responsible for the 85 scholarship guys and all your walk-ons, but look at the Urban Meyer situation. I mean, right. you're responsible for all your assistants, everything that they do, most everybody that works in the athletic department, all the people that work up in the office, you know, all the young ladies, all that stuff comes under your jurisdiction. And if somebody does something, you get a call at four in the morning. Right. You know, if somebody's dad does something, you get a call at four in the morning. So it, it does wear these guys out. Will Peterson coach at a big time program again? I have no idea, but I have a lot of respect for him. And Bruce Feldman said it best. I think this is why Jimmy Lake, who's a very respected coach, the D.C. at at Washington, uh, never took any of these other jobs that he's been offered over the years. He was waiting for this one. I'm sure Chris Peterson told him that, that he wasn't going to be long for it. And they move forward with a very, very reputable coach who still – keeps that great defensive mentality so i think they'll be okay up in washington uh okay big question that a lot of people are already debating college football playoff if georgia wins and beats lsu i don't think it's that complicated because it doesn't look like clemson's gonna lose i think ohio state and lsu are basically in so that would be your playoff four we could argue about how exactly the seating should go but that's you know not necessarily that much drama Let's say LSU wins, finishes off 13-0. Ohio State and Clemson both win, too, as they're favored to do. And you got three 13-0 teams. I think they would be slotted one LSU, two Ohio State, three Clemson. Maybe you disagree. I, I think most people probably end up in that, that boat once they actually look at all the resumes. But who deserves to go in the four spot? Let's say that Utah beats Oregon, finishes 12-1, and obviously, we know either Oklahoma or Baylor is going to finish twelve and one. Got a Pac-12 champ. You got a Big 12 champ. Who gets in? Really tough call, right? Yeah, because I, I really like both teams' resumes. Now, as far as the Pac-12 goes, I'm not sure what Utah deserves. They will have lost to an eight and four team in USC. Oklahoma, if they went out, would have lost to an 8-4 and four team in Kansas State. 
who was a really good team this year. USC's been a disappointment. Kansas State was a surprise. So that's kind of a similar deal there. Uh, if it's Baylor, who I like very much uh, and really senior-laden team, and, I, and you know how much I respect Matt Rule, well, Baylor would have avenged their loss, their only loss, to Oklahoma on a neutral site after they lost at home. And here's Utah, who doesn't have that great of a non-conference, but has just been absolutely dismantling people since they lost a hard luck game to USC on a Friday night, one of those dumb scheduling games in September. So, I mean, they're all laid out pretty well. Uh, I do think this, and it doesn't really matter as far as, I guess maybe it does if you're on the committee because the eye test is, is a big part of this, but Utah can compete better than any Pac-12 team in it, in the history of the Pac-12 during the college football playoff in the college football And you playoff. believe that because of their defense and their physicality? I believe that because of the way their offensive line has developed, the way their quarterback, uh, Tyler Huntley, who has a legit shot at at, at least uh, a trip to New York, maybe, uh, throwing the ball at like 75% all year and throwing it downfield too. I like Tyler Huntley. Zach Moss is one of the great backs in the country. The defensive front and the secondary and the linebackers, I mean, they are – a top-to-bottom great defense with all Pac-12 performers at every level and legitimately heavy up front. They're not going to get pushed off the ball. And their offensive line has developed uh, over the year. And I just I think that they would compete better than even Mark Helfrich's Oregon team with Mariota that beat the Jameis Winston Florida State team. I, I think Utah is a, the best Pac-12 team we've had in a long time as far as the college football playoff goes. Does that mean they deserve to get in over Oklahoma? I mean, the resumes are really similar. But I think Oklahoma's defense and the way they play defense down the stretch is not the same as as what Utah has been doing in the last uh, month and a half. So, I mean, if Utah got left out and got to go to the Rose Bowl, it's still one of the great seasons in Utah history since they went on to the Pac-12. You know, we know they had undefeated seasons under Urban Meyer and, and Kyle Whittingham when they were in the Mountain West. But it would be the best, still to be the best Utah season in a power conference. And uh, and I like Oklahoma this year. I like Baylor even more. So I wouldn't have a problem with whatever they did, but I think Utah would be the best representative as far as being able to compete this year, uh, especially because of the guys like Leke Fotu and Pedicini and, and the guys they have up front are, are really comparable to a, an SEC school. We're talking to Petros Papadegas at the Old P. You can follow him on Twitter there. You can listen to him on AM 570 LA Sports uh, every afternoon. He gets up early with us, thankfully, every single Tuesday morning. So when you look at, uh, at, the, uh, at, at the landscape of the college football playoff, do you believe that Oklahoma's brand value will factor in here? Because I think it's fair to say that Utah and Baylor on national sort of brand recognition are nowhere near Oklahoma. And I know it's a college football playoff selection committee and they're just supposed to look at the data in front of them. But in the back of their mind, are they thinking Sooners equal big brand, equal potential ratings in a way that Utah and Baylor don't? Or do you think I'm being 
uh, uh, you know, like maybe uh, a bit obtuse here and that that's not going to factor in ultimately to the decision that's made? Well, I have no idea what their conversations are like. Yeah. You know, what does Condoleezza Rice say? <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, what does the AD at Oregon say? I mean, I, you know, who used to work at Nike? I, I don't know what any of these people say in these rooms. Uh, does Oklahoma have a more legendary college football brand that they absolutely know how to celebrate in a very classy way? It's always been my opinion, and even after I went to Norman, it was, it was uh, reinforced. I, I think Oklahoma's an awesome program, and they do a great job kind of celebrating who they are without being super annoying. I love the Utah program. You know, they have, they're unique in their own way, and they're, they're tucked up there in the Wasatch Mountains in Salt Lake City, but it's very different. And we all know what Matt Rule's been able to do at Baylor, which is wildly impressive. It's going to get him an NFL job or, or a big-time college football job if he wants it. I don't think they're supposed to factor in the blue blood nature of it. Right. But it's hard to imagine that they won't because college football is about these iconic programs, right? Alabama, Oklahoma, LSU, USC. You know, that's why we scream and yell about USC. They've shown us nothing in the last decade, really, you know, other than beating James Franklin, who's somehow a hot coach. <laughs> Even though the best, the best win James Franklin's ever had is a loss to Clay Helton, who's been on the brink of getting fired for years. Well, the Big Ten title game. <laughs> it's a pretty big win. Went to the Rose. Biggest game has ever been has been the Rose Bowl, and he lost it. So, I mean, I'm not saying James Franklin's not a better coach than Clay Helton. Uh, yeah, he, he sure is. But uh, I mean, that game me, made that game made Sam Darnold the legend too. Yeah, well, Sam Darnold, you know, did a lot of things for Clay Helton. He, he wouldn't be here without Sam Darnold. But I mean, I you shouldn't factor in the blue blood nature of it. Oklahoma doesn't control a game the way that Utah can. And I do like I like Utah better than Oklahoma, but I'm not going to sit here and burn down my house if Utah doesn't get in. Good stuff as always. We'll talk to you next week, my man. Uh, have a good uh, have a good rest of the week. Yeah, Clay, keep it going, man. Keep fighting the fight with Joel. Keep oh, I can't yeah. believe you guys are still fighting about Greg Schiano. I Two just, years I can't later. Believe it. Two years later, Joel's still coming at me. Uh, all right, uh, that is at the old PAM 570 LA Sports. You can listen to him this afternoon, as many of you will be doing. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Might seem like a small thing. Uh, But I think there's actually a fascinating story here between the cultures of the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. And I think it can be personified in something as simple as a T-shirt. Freddie Kitchens wore a T-shirt that said they started it, which was a a reflection of the brawl that happened at the end of the Browns and the Steelers game. Now, that could be a funny T-shirt. They started it. Ha ha. I think it's a dumb thing to wear during the week before you play a game against the Steelers because, in general, you don't want to give any motivation to the opposing team. Uh, But, ultimately, they started it is not a rallying cry. It is a whine. It is a, we aren't to blame for what we did. It is someone else's fault. And so I want you to think about this. Freddie Kitchens was asked about it after his team lost to the Steelers, and here's what he said about the t-shirt. 
I'm done talking about the T-shirt. The T-shirt, uh, T-shirt is what it is, so I'm done talking about it. The T-shirt is what it is, indeed. I'll get to that in a minute. But Lamar Jackson also has been wearing a T-shirt, and his T-shirt says, Nobody cares, work harder. I love everything about that message that he's sending on something as simple as a T-shirt. Here's what Lamar Jackson said about that after the game. Nobody cares about what you're doing. You got to work harder. If you want to be the best, you got to work harder at being the best. If they doubt on you, work harder. It don't matter. Love it. All right. That is two different statements that are made about essentially two different T-shirts, which tell you about two different teams going in opposite directions. Sports isn't about excuses. People make excuses in life when they lose. You very rarely hear people make excuses when they win. And that's why I love Lamar Jackson's t-shirt. Nobody cares, work harder. Nobody cares what your excuses might be. Nobody cares about reasons why you failed. Work harder. That's the very essence of sports. Freddie Kitchens wore a t-shirt that said they started it. Two leaders of two different franchises going in completely different directions. The culture of the Baltimore Ravens is no excuses, work harder. The culture of the Cleveland Browns is we're not being treated fairly. They started it. And you see it all the way from Jimmy Haslam all the way down. What did Jimmy Haslam's wife do? She wore a a toboggan that endorsed Miles Garrett and believed that he was being treated unfairly. Much of sports these days, we spend a lot of time talking about excuses for why things happen, why people aren't being treated fairly, why there's all this systemic issues. Ultimately, sports is a bottom line business. All that matters is a win or a loss. Lamar Jackson gets that. He's not making excuses. When he stands up and talks to the media, he's not spending a lot of time talking about people who've doubted him, including me. He's talking about the fact that nobody cares, work harder. That's the very essence of American capitalism. That's the very essence of the American dream. That's the very essence of American excellence as it pertains to the meritocracy of sports. We don't care about anything other than who wins and loses. Freddie Kitchens, making excuses. They started it. I'm not going to talk about a t-shirt. Making a bad decision to be a victim. It's two kinds of people in the world. There's people who are winners and there's people who are losers. What you will find if you spend enough time in life is that winning is a mindset and losing is a mindset. If you believe that you will lose, you typically do end up losing. If you believe that you will win, you typically end up winning. Doesn't mean that you always win. It means that when you lose, you have the self-confidence to get up, dust yourself off, and try again. When you lose and you immediately start looking around, casting blame, looking for reasons why you were defeated, they started it. It's a loser's mentality. Nobody ever makes excuses for winning. Losers make excuses. The Cleveland Browns are a loser franchise. They started it as a loser t-shirt. It's a loser mantra embraced by Freddie Kitchens. Nobody cares. Work harder is a winner's mindset. It is being embraced and endorsed by Lamar Jackson, the presumptive MVP this season, who is right now leading the Super Bowl favorites. I love the distinction. I love the dichotomy there. It's a t-shirt, but it's something much more. Think about it as you go about your day on Tuesday. I am Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage. Encourage you to download the podcast. Don't miss anything that we talk about. We'll be back tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. Also on Lock It In Later, this is Outkick. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. 
No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 